Are you ready? Ready to transform your life and step into the person that you say you want to be. Ready to stop talking and start doing. I'm Ange, a health and fitness coach. And I'm Ashley, a Reiki master and energy healer. And we are here to help you do exactly that. And you're busy. We get that because we are too. But even with the challenges and chaos, you deserve and can live a life full of absolute joy, happiness, and purpose. We want you to join us in taking radical responsibility so that you can take everything in your life to that next level. Have the best sex of your life. Live in a body that you love. Let go of worry and stress. And live in total alignment. Your happier, healthier, and amazing life is waiting for you. Let's get into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Transform Your Life podcast. We have a lovely guest here with us today, Kate. We met her at the Bodhi retreat that we just got back from in Florida, and she is going to be telling us all about Feng Shui and her zone of genius. But before we get diving into that, let's just kind of decompress and tell everybody about this incredible weekend that we shared together down south. Oh, my gosh. So, and was just, we were just talking about how I, I was saying hi to Kate and oh my gosh, I like, I kind of miss you. It's only been a week, but I actually kind of fucking miss you right now. Um, but I, I, we were chatting about the decompression of our energy and the bounce back and how long it's taken because of kind of the things that have released there. And, um, yeah. So Kate, I'm going to let you dive in on your explanation of that and I'll chime in as well, but mm-hmm. sounds like we both had similar depletions and uh, transformations. I didn't expect as a teacher that I was going there to learn and to grow. I was excited and I was excited to come into your class, which I didn't get to. And I was excited to go into Vera's class, which I didn't get to. And I was excited to go into Angie's class, which I didn't get to. And I was right. But I was, I wasn't expecting to have the transformation and the releases and the, what I call a healing crisis that I'm currently like going through right now. I was not expecting that. I was like, oh yeah, like I'm the teacher. I'll be a teacher. I was like, oh God. Yeah, I went, I came in as a student for sure. But anyway, what what you were doing there, what your experience was there and Mm -hmm. kind of where you're at right now. Yeah. So I definitely think we had a very similar experience because I didn't expect to have that much of a transformation either. You know, I also taught at the previous retreat that we had in October and it was awesome. Um, and other than like gaining more confidence in myself, like teaching, you know, these smaller like groups of people, like it was good for me, but this was like, I don't even quite know how to explain it yet. Cause I feel like I'm still processing and going through it. Um, for me, it was really interesting. Um, I had actually done, um, some breath work a couple weeks prior at our house, very different type of breath work. Um, but we have become friends with, um, a shaman here, um, in Northeast Ohio and he'll, he'll come and him and his wife and they'll do like private breathwork sessions with us. And so Michael and I had one of those done and it was really powerful. And I had already kind of felt like 
a lot of shifting had been going on for me really like the last six months, I kind of unknowingly jumped into doing a shit ton of shadow work. And it was like, I didn't really know. I, it was not like planned. It just kind of happened. And then I sat back and was like, Oh wow, look what I just did. So I was like kind of coming off of that. I was really excited for the retreat and it was like, The whole, like leading up to the retreat for me, like the maybe, I don't know, like three days prior, I started to notice that I was kind of like experiencing some things in a different way. Like normally the way I um, would kind of like feel energy and stuff like that would all be very internal and like mainly just through my emotions, right? That's kind of like how I've always been used to feeling things. And I started noticing little things. Um, one, when I, I like did a crystal grid in my classroom, which is like not something I'm super like I, I literally just learned how to do a very basic one. And of course, like true to my my uh, own fashion, like it's like, don't do more than three. And I was like, I have five in every corner. <laughs> And, um, as soon as I placed the last one, Courtney was in the room with me and I was like, I could literally feel that it like in my chest, in my throat. And I was like, can you feel that? Cause like, no, I don't, I don't normally feel things physically. And I thought, okay, I think I'm losing my mind. You know, the lady that taught me how to do it, it's like, oh, you'll create a vortex. You'll feel it. And I'm like, I'm just making it up. You know, there's no way. But I had it happen a few other times in some like that weekend. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then when Shaman Laura did his thing, I actually didn't write anything down. I was still kind of like up helping Courtney a little bit and like making sure everything was going well. But I did sit there silently in almost like a meditative state for a moment. And it was like, I got this like rush of energy and I could literally just feel it in my heart center, like this overwhelming feeling of this like love of creativity like I could feel everyone's creativity and I thought oh that's weird and interesting like okay so then by the time we got to breath work which I am not one to really like normally let myself go in a public setting and I feel like I just did And so it was like, after that, I had some really amazing experiences during the breath work. And afterwards, I felt amazing. And it was like, probably the first, so we ended on Sunday, right? So we did breath work on Sunday, I came home on Monday evening, and probably up until like, Tuesday night or Wednesday, I felt amazing. Like I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm so, I have so much clarity. I'm going to get on this, this, and that. Like I was just like ready to rock and roll. And then Wednesday hit me and I was like, probably sub 10 or 11 hours, just like out like a light. And, um, I really was like, I got up and I was like, man, like I went to the gym, but like, I literally like walked on the treadmill for a mile and was like, Whoa, that was a lot. I'm going to have to go home now, (laughs) you know? And then by like three or four o'clock in the afternoon, I was like, why am like, I literally could have just passed out again. And that's how I felt literally up until like a day or two ago. So probably like a good solid week more than a week that I've just been like, what the heck? I literally told my boyfriend, I was like, I, it's like, I know that this is 
this culmination, this integration and this releasing of not only what the breath work kind of provided a safe space for, but then all of the other work and things that have been going on for me the last six months, I was like, this is all of that, but it's so my energy has changed so drastically that I almost was like, is there something wrong with me? You know, like, should I go? And I'm not like a, like, go to the doctor type, you know, I'm pretty holistic, but I'm like, was almost a couple of days. I was that tired. And I was like, there's something wrong. Like it was really bizarre. So is that kind of what you, how you were feeling as well? Yes. Um, <laughs> similar. So Shaman Lara, the first speaker on the Friday night, his, he got us all to write, like he got us all to write down this thing that was a mythical map of our life. And that like shook me. I wasn't planning on sharing, um, but it kept showing up. Like you need to share this. You need to, I'm like, oh, really? Like I really would rather just not. Um, but anyways, I shared balled my eyeballs out and I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. That's my, like, I'm good. That was a really good start to the weekend for me, but whew, I'm done. Right. I'm here to teach. I'm here to observe. I'm here to just be right. And then on the Sunday, so the last day, so the first day and the last day and everything in between was marvelous, but I didn't have anything that like whoa, this was a healing for me kind of thing. But the breath work, oh my God, I couldn't like the thing. So the very first thing that I experienced and I haven't told anybody this yet, um, except myself, I was very first thing we were going through the first song and we were breathing just so for our audience, we were breathing through our nose and, or sorry, we're breathing through our mouth, in your mouth, out your mouth. And I was like, oh, this is kind of relaxing. This is kind of nice. And then it hit me. I was dying. My mouth filled with blood. I could not breathe. And my whole body was literally on the mat and I was shaking. I was vibrating. I could not, like, I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And I knew I was dying. So, I, like, afterwards, I was like, I knew that that was a death. I knew that I died. I was like, maybe it was a past death. But it has since dawned on me in this, like, last week, that was the death of myself. Mm. The death of my old self. And I was like, oh, wow. my God. So that's why I've been so tired and so depleted. And But I, it wasn't even just, like, that thing. And I was like, okay, then I could relax. It was one thing after the next with that breath work the entire hour. I believe it or not. So my oldest son, Felix, he had probably the most traumatic birth of all of my kids. I literally went through his birth. I was screaming like I was in birth. I was one of the girls. I don't know which one was literally between my legs and holding my feet as though I was like, I gave birth again without like a human child. But I was like, and the things that I saw and just like, ah! so I came out of there just like, so in a good way, fucked. Where I was like, yeah. I don't even know how to process all of this. And isn't then, it, I, was, I was just going to say, isn't it wild though, that I think for all of us as the teachers, 
how intense it was for us at that like exact <laughs> moment, Ashley, that you're describing. What I would be really curious to know is for the people that attended, what that felt like for them. Right. And I wonder, because I think we all went in, like the three of us sounds like we all had wildly intense reactions to our own energy and what was happening in that room during the breath work. But I wonder, was it because we were there already? Emotion like, I don't know. That's what I wondered because I was looking at the science associated with why, because I was like, we were all in some land, like me, like me and you sharing experiences and Kate hearing yours as well. It was almost like we weren't there. Like, I'm like, we were in the quantum. We were like, it was literally being like on a trip. And so I was reading the science of like how it's similar to doing DMT in terms of mm -hmm. the chemical reaction and what it's doing in the reprogramming of your brain. And so were we able mm -hmm. to go to that intense state because we are that much further along in our healing journey, or maybe there's a lot of la ladies that are there who were at that same stage of their healing journey and were able to go there, but maybe aren't able to verbalize and explain that. But if you are listening to this specific episode and you were at that weekend, I invite you all to like reach out and even just privately share that piece because I just left like, oh my God, if everybody in the room experienced what I just experienced, I don't know how you go back to living anything the same. Like, I'm like, that was the most life-changing weekend of one of like my entire life. And I went in thinking I was just going to teach. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, oh my God. So yes. I really would be very curious to know that part. And Clardy, I also found for me, I didn't expect, I was like, everything she's teaching about, we teach about this shit. We're good. We're good. She went to go do her like group Reiki and I could not deal. I was like trying to calm the fuck down. I couldn't stop bawling. My entire body was vibrating. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what is she doing to me that I can't get a grip and like, chill out, girl, chill out. <clears throat> like I couldn't, but it was like, overwhelming joy and amazingness and then when you try to explain to people what it is that you did on these three days that was so crazy I don't even have the words like I don't have the words but the person for all three of us even as teachers we walked into that weekend as one person and somehow mm -hmm. by the Sunday afternoon I feel like forever changed I don't know oh. Oh my God, without a doubt. And that's, I really didn't expect that at all. I had the same thing with Clardy. Like while she was talking, I was like, okay, this is cool. It's probably really helpful for the students, you know, but <clears throat> yeah. But then when she did her meditation, like it was what, 10, 11 minutes. And I was like in like that and like seeing colors and shapes by the end again, which is not normal for me. Like, or wasn't normal for me, we'll say. It kind of is becoming normal now. But I was like, and like afterwards, I just felt so like, not tired, but just like this peace. And I was like, oh, wow, that was like heavenly. And I was shocked because I was like, where the hell did that come from? Like, it was like out of the middle of nowhere. And same thing with the breath work. Like, 
for me, what was really um, powerful with the breath work, like, because I've worked with other breathwork practitioners and I feel like for me, this was different where it was like, normally when I do breathwork, I feel like I'm like leaving my body. Right. And I'm like, I don't even know where I am this for me. And there's a reason for this. I, for me, the first time in my life and what got me the most emotional about the experience was that I fully felt myself in my body for like the first time ever in my entire life. And it was like, you know, I've, I've kind of like had a lot of, um, traumas and things come up that like, I thought it was one thing that happened when I was, you know, a teenager, but then recently it's like hit me where I was like, Oh no, all this other shit happened. And so for me, like really like anchoring myself in my body. And it was like, it like went and and other things happened too. Like I had all these different things happen and realizations. And for like the first 15 or 20 minutes, all I could see was like the most beautiful, like blue aura I've ever seen in my entire life. But then it just went from like, it was like, I just had this like, boom, oh, I'm in my body. Oh, I'm like fully in my body. Oh, I've never felt this weight. Like I just realized I didn't know what that feels like. And at first I was like, Oh my God, I'm really uncomfortable. Like, what is this? And then it turned into like, Oh, actually this is comfortable. And then finally it was like, Oh my God, I actually want to be in my body. And that was where I just like, it's, it's so funny too. Cause it's like just saying it, like, I didn't have like, Ashley, like this crazy, like, like birthing experience or anything like that. But it's like saying, like talking through it. I'm like, Oh, that just sounds, you know, eh. but like when I was in it and like really feeling that and all of these other things and I'm everybody around me is, you know, it's like chaos in this room, right? Like it's total chaos. And my first instinct, I think this is maybe what made me realize I was like attached to my own body for the first time was that like, it was so chaotic. And my first instinct was to disassociate because that's what I'm used to doing. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm actually, I'm cool in here in my little pod. Like it's fine. And then I went through all these other things and it was just like that part of it I don't even remember. I had to write everything down in my journal because there were so many things that happened. Like I literally can't even, I would probably read it now and be like, oh yeah, like that happened. But that was probably the, the biggest thing for me. And it was so on point with everything that has been coming up for me. And then when we did Raya's like dance, like I fucking hated that. And I told her afterwards, I was like, I hated that. And she was like, I know you did, but you needed it. And I'm like, I know. And I remember afterwards thinking like, wow, like you need to learn how to be in your body. And that's why you're so uncomfortable with this. And and like, Mm -hmm. but like on this much deeper level um, to where that's basically, I feel like what I asked for in that breath work, but I didn't know that's what I was asking for. And um, I don't know, it was just... So I think that's my thing is like, I think I'm getting used to like staying in my body and not leaving, which has been really interesting. Cool. That's amazing, girl. That's like, you, you made it sound small, but that's actually like enormous. That's yeah. enormous, right? And as women, I think so many of us 
don't want to be in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Right? So the division of the body that we want is not necessarily the body that we live in. Right? And so I think that's really beautiful. That's really powerful. Um, thank you for sharing that because I think that's really, that is transformative. And the fact that you said that was the first time in your life. Yeah. It's wild. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah it really... So- yeah. So your life is going to change, right? Like, and that's where I think of too, like with my experience, I'm like, Oh my God, like, I, uh, yeah, this is different now. Everything mm-hmm. that I've known up until this point has shifted and changed. Mm-hmm. And that healing crisis is something that I have learned about. Um, and I know I have a few clients who have experienced it too. It's just like the way that I explain it is imagine you have like, Imagine on your leg, you have an infection, right? And it's scabbed over. And so you just get used to this scab being there. And you're just like, oh, there's a scab. But eventually you go to the doctor or like a healer. And they're like, ooh, that's really infected. We got to like take a look at that. So they take the scab off and you look at it and they start to like pull the infection out. And you're like, you look at it and it's horrendous. And then they eventually get all the infection out and you look at it and it looks way, way, way worse. It feels worse. It looks worse. Everything about it appears really terrible. You just kind of want to go back to that place where there's just a scab over top of it. But you can't because the infection is already being pulled out. And that's what I think of when I think of like a healing crisis. The infection's out, but now your body has to figure out how to heal around that space where there is no infection anymore. Mm, I love that analogy. That's a beautiful girl. But I also think of Kate, you're the Feng Shui girl, which we will dive into guys. I promise. (laughs) Um, I told my husband today, I'm like, I am so excited to hear everything that Kate has to say, because I've been on since the Bodhi retreat too. I've been on this ridiculous need to purge. Like I'm going through junk drawers and toothbrush drawers and like mm. our closets and I'm just like I need all this shit out so that is like your wheelhouse and I want all your expertise <laughs> but I think about it in cleaning out a closet same thing right where you like I look I think of my like toy room closet right now and it's like oh bursting I'm kind of like oh I know there's stuff in there but eventually you get to the point where you're like okay I'm going to clean that closet. So you pull everything out and you're like, okay, we're going to go through this. We're going to purge. We're going to clear. We are going to come back to this. Right. And then partway through your kids need lunch. So you like go feed your tiny humans. You come back and you're like, you come back into the room. This is my life. (laughs) I'm like, motherfucker, what did I do? Why? Why did I do this? It was so much easier. Just all stuffed in there. I just like, don't have to open that closet door. Like it is so much better if it's just uh, just there, right? But it's not. Like, it's bursting. It's ugly. It's, like, bothering me. Um, but as soon as you pull everything out, it's got to get worse before it gets better, right? Mm-hmm. And so eventually, as you purge and as you clear and as you release things, right, at the end, you're like, oh, right? Yeah. But there is that transition piece of, like, the kids <clears> coming <throat> up to you like, Mom, where are the paints? I'm like, they're not all over the floor of the closet. I know we've got to figure it out. Like, you know, that now they're here. Right. So I think of it, there's that infection analogy, but I also think of it in terms of like that feng shui piece of 
we have to figure out what this now looks like, but it does, it gets ugly. And that's what a healing crisis is where it's like you're healing and it sucks. (laughs) It sucks a little bit. Mm -hmm. sometimes, Right. But that's how, you know, it was deep and it was good and something really yucky is now out. Isn't it interesting because you didn't even know, Ashley, going into probably the retreat or even going about your everyday life, that that trauma, you knew you had a traumatic birth, but you didn't know that that baggage was like gunky and in there and just stuck in a way that I felt like the breath work helped to release that. And for me, it was the same thing. Like, I had no idea, but like whatever the fuck happened to my body, my sacral chakra was like, my whole stomach was going crazy, unbelievable. And this is like going to be very off topic, but we tell it like it fucking is ever since that session, the amount of like squirt that is coming out of my vagina is unbelievable fucking believable i sent ashley a video this morning of it on my partner's body it is like unbelievable he's like what happened i'm like i don't know if elise wants a testimonial about how much out of my vagina you're like wow it's crazy and like it's not new for me to squirt occasionally but like it was like six to ten like loads just go go and like I did not expect that from the breathwork section session. And I did not expect that to be my life since the retreat. But literally I'm like, okay, we need to figure out a solution. Either we need new sheets or we need a situation going on. Cause it is like squirt city up in here. So anyways, how do you tell that? My healing crisis looks a little different. Yeah, my healing crisis is (laughs) the purging and like, you're like, I'm purging a closet. My vagina's purging. She's like, I need to go. (laughs) So anyways, that's been just one of those also very like shocking experiences from the other side of it that I'm like, okay, all right, body, release, let it go. (laughs) Let it go, let it out. (laughs) yes i love that thank you for sharing that girl that's like deep. Well, I, I hope that video made your morning i was like send this at nine in the morning she's gonna be dropping her kids off she's like what is this <laughs> i'm literally sitting in my garage both kids are still strapped in i just dropped Felix off and i'm like literally dying i'm like this my day cannot go bad my day cannot go bad and i was thinking like honestly like Amen to you for videoing it. Like, it was just like, yeah, you totally made my day today. Yeah, it was awesome. Yes. Okay. All right. Feng Shui. We're getting into it. First, Kate, like, why don't you tell everybody, like, who you are, like, where you live, what it is that you do before we dive into all the things that you know? I'm feeling, I feel like I have a hard act to um, follow with your um, squirt story, but I'm going to try to live up. <laughs> That's Tell amazing. anything you want. The bar. Um, <laughs> you can do anything now. <laughs> exactly. I can get really weird on here and it's totally fine. Yep. Yep. We, we would applaud it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So my, um, Feng Shui journey, I guess, is what I realized um, within the last couple of years was that this is something that I've really been intuitively practicing um, since I was like seven or eight years old. 
Um, I like to say that I had like an interesting upbringing and it was like, I was literally, um, as a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, like obsessed with Martha Stewart. Um, and like, that's what I would watch as a seven or eight-year-old kid, like in the mornings, like during summer. And then I would like, you know, like tape it when I was at school, when I could, um, I was like obsessed with her and I would like watch and be like, okay, like, that's what I want to be when I grow up one. And two, it like, she literally taught me like how to create new energy in my space. Like whether it was like crafting or making a recipe or decorating something like that's literally how I, I started to like learn this skill. And I actually practiced it within my, within my household because like, I wanted to feel like I had like a normal, stable, safe family. Right. So that's kind of like, I was like intuitively doing it. Um, for years I had a um, very successful home staging, like, uh, for real estate. So I would stage like vacant homes. I owned all of my own inventory and I did like Mm, kind of like design work, more like home refreshes, right? Like you would call me and be like, Hey, like, I'm not loving my living room and dining room. Like, can you help me? And I did like a couple full on design projects. I actually still work with a local builder here and I design all of their new build properties for them, but they're really, that's like the only kind of design stuff that I do now. Um, but I did that for years. Um, COVID actually treated me very well, um, in that regard, like we were insanely busy. Um, I had like a couple full-time employees and things were going really well. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, one of them quit. And then what happened was like, what I loved so much about the staging was that I was basically able to come in and like, I wasn't just like throwing, you know, like shit in a room. Like I was like methodically doing everything because I wanted to create like an experience for everybody that came in. Like that was my thing. That's why I was really good. That's why I was able to make, make the money that I made at it. And it was like, we got to a point in COVID where it was like homes where I don't know how the real estate market is up there, but like things were selling so fast that people were like, listen, like, I don't want the furniture for 30 days. I don't want to pay your premium pricing. Like just throw some shit in here and make it look like it's not, the house is going to sell like that. It really doesn't matter. And that for me, like really bothered me. Cause like a home staging business is so much fucking work, especially when you own your own inventory and you know, like you have to move everything from this house to this house, but this house, well, it has a different, you know, vibe. So I need to get all this stuff from the warehouse and I need to go shopping and I need to, you know, rent my U-Haul and I need to schedule everybody to be here. Like it's so much that when like, and I liked that because I liked being physical and I liked being like busy like that, honestly. But it was like once that, you know, kind of like the ex- creating the experience was starting to get taken away from me. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm finding myself like not enjoying this as much. And so it was actually, um, I had went on like kind of a little like weekend girls trip, um, down to Florida 
And it was like, oh, this is going to be like, you know, like not like a normal girl's trip. Like this is going to be like spiritual girl's trip and we're going <laughs> to meditate. We're going to do this. And all these synchronicities happen. And what was so crazy is on that weekend, I brought this like manual that I literally had printed and like put in like a, a bind, not like a binder, but you know, like they binded it or whatever. I had bought this like feng shui course slash reading material basically like years ago because I, and I had always known about feng shui and like the very basics of it from like from the time I was young, I don't even, it could have honestly even been from watching Martha Stewart. I don't know, but I bought this course slash, you know, manual or whatever. And I think the idea was, is that I was like, Oh, well, I'm going to read through this and I'll see if there's things that I can like incorporate into my home staging business. I never read it. And for some reason I decided to take it on this weekend with me and when I opened it up over the weekend, there was a little post-it note in there in my handwriting that said, teach this. And I was like, I don't remember ever reading this manual. And like, maybe I stuck it in here from writing that on something else. Like I literally, I thought, oh, maybe I was like thinking about creating a, a realtor class for it. Like I literally have no idea. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. So I started to read the manual a little bit. And then I think later on that day, we went to like a metaphysical store and they just happened to have this whole section of books on feng shui. And so I literally bought every single one of the books because I was like, I don't know what I don't know. And I just need all the books. So the first one that I started reading before I came home was, um, I think it was the Western, the Western Guide to Feng Shui by Tara Catherine Collins. And um, so it is like all form school feng shui, which means it's very intuitive. We use tools um, like the Bagua map, which you might hear me refer to as the home energy map, because it's, you know, just makes more sense to our brains when we don't know what a Bagua map is. And so it kind of goes off of these, like, it's like a guide, but it's very intuitive um, and it's very free form. So there's no like absolute, um, like classical feng shui and compass feng shui are very like absolute practices. Basically it's like this or this, this direction, like there's not a lot of play in it. This, there's a lot of play. So Tara kind of developed the Western school of feng shui because over here in the West, like we didn't think about feng shui when we built any of our buildings, when we built our homes, so it's really hard to kind of have this absolute practice over here when we never took it into consideration in the first place. So anyway, I'm reading this book and I get through like the first like chapter and I'm like, holy shit, like these really basic principles that she touched upon in the beginning. I was like, I'm already doing a lot of this with like my, with my home staging, with my refresh clients, like. And I had heard them say to me, like, hey, like, I've hired a designer before, and that's not really what you're doing. And I would be like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, you, like, ask me what I want. You, like, help me figure out what I want. And I'm like, well, it's your house. Like, why, why would I do it any other way? And they're like, no, like, you don't understand. Like, every designer I've worked with comes in and says, hey this is what we're doing. Like you like it. Okay. Oh, you don't love the paint color. Well, you'll learn to like it. It's totally fun. Like this color is amazing. It's really hot, right? Or whatever, you know? And I'm like, 
But if you don't like it, why would you like paint your house that color? And I realized that so many people were going to designers, not because they didn't care about what they wanted, but they didn't know what they wanted. And a lot of people like to be told what they want. And, but what I realized is what they like even more is if you can guide them to what they actually want, as opposed to telling them what they want. So I was already like doing this in so many different ways. And like, I would really focus on like, Ooh, this is really cluttered. Like, what are you using this area for? What can we do with this space? And so I thought, wow, like, I wonder if this lady like does classes or anything, you know, naively. And I look her up and she has a whole fucking school. And I was like, Oh, well that's (laughs) interesting. And so I literally sent like an email, like right then and there, because they saw that they had like online classes and you could do in person or you could do both. And I was like, I want to do both because that's me. And so I literally like sent an email, just asking a few questions. But basically by the time I came home a couple of days later, I had made up my mind that I was going to basically get rid of all of my staging inventory. I wasn't going to take on any new clients for at least six months. And I was going to do nothing but study feng shui. And so when I came home and I told my boyfriend that he's like, what? Like you have a really successful, you're just going to like, just like that, just like get rid of it and throw it away. And I was like, yeah. And we're very opposite in, in that way. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is the thing I've been searching for like my whole life. Like this, I've been doing it intuitively. Think of all the people that I could like help. If I really understand this, like it just makes sense. And he's like, I mean, I think you're crazy, but you know, I believe in you. So, you know, like do your thing. Right. And that's basically what I did. And, um, I've kind of just never, never looked back. That's just kind of, that was, that was my, my path. It was very random and it just kind of happened. And, um, now like my whole goal is like, I feel like, so I like to talk about feng shui, like more from the aspect of home wellness. And like, there's a part of me that like hates the word wellness because it's become such a buzzword. But at the same time, like that's literally what it is. And to me, your home wellness is literally just as important as what you eat, you know, going to the gym, like meditating, like it's literally part of that whole, right? Like it's, it's a piece of that pie. And literally hardly anyone is looking at it that way. And what I also learned about feng shui and meeting a lot of these other feng shui practitioners is that they talk about feng shui like it's feng shui. And a lot of people, it's off-putting because the language is not easily, easily recognizable. And so people are like, oh, that sounds cool but they're not really taking the information in because it just sounds like so foreign, right? That's kind of what our brains just naturally do. When we don't recognize something, we're like, oh, that's kind of cool. But unless we're really into it, our brains aren't really turned on. So I thought, okay, well, how can I basically, you know, teach feng shui? Cause I think it's so fucking amazing, but like do it in a way that makes people go, oh, like, So when I use the words home wellness, people don't know what that is either, but they know the words, like they know what the word home is and they know what wellness is. And they're like, oh, 
that's it. And instead of being like, oh, feng shui, like, what's that? It's like, oh, home wellness. Like, oh, what's that about? That sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about, oh, I use this tool called the home energy map. When I used to say, oh, I use a Bagua map. They'd be like, you know, like, stop talking. Like, what the hell is that? And so I think part of it, like my goal is really to make home wellness like a thing um, to where it's a normal practice, just like going to the gym, just like meditating. You know, when you look at all of those things as a whole, it's all of your environment and we can create an environment of excellence or we can create an environment of depression and total shit. And it's like, which one do you want? And your environment consists of what you put in your body, what you put in your mind, you know, what you eat, like just how you live, all of those things. And what I've also seen is that what I think is so amazing is I think it's a really powerful tool also for people that need to work through traumas. And I think I resonate with that because that I have used it unknowingly that way in my life so many times. And I think that's why like I tend to attract clients like that as well, which is why I like to work with people for at least eight weeks. Like I will do one-on-one consultations, people where it's just like a one-time consultation. And I put together this really awesome portfolio that I mail them. But to me, it's like, you don't just do yoga one time. Like this is a practice and it's like a daily habit. Like same thing as meditation um, or eating or working out. And I just think I've seen it like so powerfully work with people who have traumas Because it's like, you know, kind of like you were saying, Ashley, like, okay, well, I'm able to like, go into my closet, and it's cluttered. And yes, it is easier to just shut the doors. But think of like how that that's such a metaphor for something that we're probably not dealing with in our life. Well, of course, it's easier to just fucking ignore it. Right. And it takes work to open the closet and pull everything out and sort through it. But what I've noticed is for so many people that I've worked with is that when they're physically able to open the closet and physically want space for them internally, they're like, oh, I don't have shit in my closet. Like I, my closet isn't stuffed with things because I'm a piece of crap and I have to feel guilty about it. It's because of this really traumatic relationship that I had or you know, I, I don't know, like I shove everything down inside me to make others feel happy because like, I don't do, I don't work on myself because now we've like removed this guilt of like, I'm just a horrible piece of shit person because my home isn't perfect to like, Oh, there's actually a reason why this is here. And just that one little teeny tiny awareness, like the light bulb that goes on in people's heads is like, one of my most joyful moments when I'm working with people, because it's like just that little thing, they now look at their whole home entirely differently, like just that one little awareness. So then when we can work through that, it's like your brain also is able to see it physically remove the clutter. And then your brain says, Oh, I'm going to also remove this emotional clutter too. And it's almost like this kind of, you know, like two for one thing, which I think can be so powerful for people that resonate with that. For sure. One thing that I've always said 
is your outer world and your inner world, they're metaphors for one another. So what you're experiencing in your body will show up in your house and what you're experiencing in your house shows up in your body. And I'm, I'm neurotically a tiny person, but not everywhere. Like mm-hmm. I have my, my kitchen, my living room, my bathroom, my hallway, everything else until recently, until the Bodhi retreat where I'm like, oh my God, I need to clean every frigging closet and I need to like get under the, the dressers and I need to like do, do all the things. But like, I was very like my general space and I would call it, this is my sanctuary. So when people would be like, your house is so tidy, but you've got a two-year-old, four-year-old and a six-year-old. I'm like, yes, I have OCD which yeah, there's that. But also this is my sanctuary. I need peace. I need like, I need that space. So I will clean up toys six fucking times a day because I need to. My, my body physically is anxious if I don't. So I must. Right. And so, but I also can close the toy room door and I'm like, not today <laughs> so what does that mean like I, I i want to like get to the point where we talk about those energy centers and like i think of probably for many listeners and this this is where it makes sense to me where it's like those are the places that people would see so you clean them right mm-hmm. so outwardly she looks very polished. Outwardly, she's got her shit together. But really, on the inside, she's kind of fucking falling apart. Right? Her basement, yeah, don't go down there. And in her closet, mm. be very careful. Right? But, you know, to, to the outward, to anybody who walks into her house, it's like, oh, man, like, good for her. Like, yeah. she's doing it. Well, you're already intuitively very aware of that, right? So like, like what you, what you talked about in the beginning, um, you know, like the outward and inward, that's literally like the most simple definition and idea of feng shui is that your outer environment is a direct reflection of your inner environment. Like that's literally what it's all about. And they're constantly affecting each other. It's like a continuous cycle So a lot of people are like, well, which comes first? And I'm like, well, it's usually your internal stuff, but then it just constantly plays on each other, right? It's like the chicken or the egg analogy. Like, you know, it's kind of like, it's just constant. And so that's why it's not this like one and done thing. It is literally a practice that you can learn, this awareness that you can learn. And then you create this connection with your home. And then what you can do with that connection is how do I now align my home with the life that I'm desiring to live? Like at the vibe with the vibration that I'm desiring to live that. And you hit the nail right on the head with the, you know, Hey, like outwardly, I got my shit together. Right. When people come over, they're like, damn, like your house looks great. How do you do it? And you're like, I don't know. I'm just amazing. Let's me go. And then when they leave, you're like, Oh my God, like, you know, like this happened and I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that. And I see this, I mean, this is not uncommon, you know, not to say that this is why yours is like that. It's not uncommon with moms, right? I see it often because you're like, your first priority is often not you, it's your children, right? And sometimes that's like, we have to also realize that there are seasons in life and like feng shui can honor that. Like, okay, right now, 
I have a two, four and six year old. Like, of course, like they're, they kind of have to be my first priority because if they're not like, they'll just wander away and like fall in a hole or something like that, you know, they kind of have to like have my full attention. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, like that's what your home is symbolizing, right? On the outside, everything looks great, but on the inside, you know what? I'm not necessarily fully taking care of myself, but then you go to the Bodhi retreat and you have this like huge transformation. And that's exactly why you're coming home saying, I want every nook, cranny, crevice, everything like that's part of you're literally shedding all of that. And that doesn't just stop with your physical body. It bleeds into your environmental body. And that's why you're just like, Oh, I got to go through everything. Like my, we just moved into our house, um, back in December and, um, like I've already gone through like three periods of like, oh, I have to go through everything. Like even after we moved in and I had already done that several times, like from moving. And so now I don't necessarily like, I'm still though, like I still come home and find like, what area haven't I gone through? Like now I need to go through this or I'll move things. Like I've moved so many things since I've been home and like, Oh, this doesn't feel good here anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too, is like, so home really does have energy centers. Like I believe that it has nine energy centers or chakras, just like your body. Right. And I'm actually, I, every once in a while I go into what I call mad scientist mode and I will write a book about this eventually, but it's like, I go through phases where I'm like super like, you know, focused in on and then other things take my attention, but like which chakras they're actually there was this amazing woman that actually went to the same school that I did. And through this really weird bout of synchronicities, I found out that she wrote a book about your chakras. Um, you know, which chakras were related to your home energy map. I've read it several times and along with, um, the anatomy of spirit, cause she pulls a lot from that from Carolyn, Mrs. Um, Mrs. Book. And so I've read both of them. And like, I read hers and BJ, if you ever listen to this, I love you to death, but like, there's a few that don't resonate with me. Mm. And I think that they're slightly different. Um, but she's like this amazing, like she's in her eighties and she's like so awesome. And we literally did this, like, she sent me the book and I like aligned her chakras for her. And she like still messages me all the time that like, that it transformed her and she's like, you know, like speaking her truth. And it's like, so awesome. Like, I love this woman. She's so amazing, but like, there's something about like, it just doesn't quite resonate with me. So your home really does have energy centers. And that's like this tool that feng shui practitioners will use the Bagua map, or again, I call it the home energy map. And it has nine different centers and each one of them is a different reflection of an area in your life. And if, you know, for people listening, um, if you guys want a copy of it, just, um, you know, let me know and I will send you one, but I do have them on my, um, on my website. And so it's just like feng shui-kate.com for anybody that's listening, you can go there and there's a download that you can purchase. Um, and, uh, it walks you through how to like lay it on your home and um, what each area kind of represents and all of that good stuff. So each one represents a different area of our life. And that's something too, that like, then once you can couple that with where you have clutter, where 
you know, there's just certain things going on that don't energetically feel right in your home. You may be like, Oh, this is in my relationship area. And you know, like I have these bad experiences with relationships or my current relationship is shitty or, you know, no wonder this is where I throw all my crap. You know, um, I noticed that in my own home when I started practicing, like, cause I had always had, I had really bad relationships with family. And then, you know, before my current relationship, I had dated all these just, you know, horrible guys. And, um, it was like, I saw that and that's where in every single space, like that's where I would like pile random things up. Like it was like an organized pile of things I didn't need. And I thought, Oh, that's really interesting because you can place the map on any room as well. Right. And I do recommend that like the first time or when you're playing around with it, like just use it on your bedroom to get like familiar with it. But like, so your back right corner or back right area is going to be like your relationship. So that was something that I noticed literally in the, my main map of my house. And then in every single room, basically in my house, the back right area, like I would have like a pile of random stuff that was basically useless. And I thought, wow, like that was so powerful and interesting to me. So it's like, it's crazy. The more awareness, like the deeper you go into it, the more aha moments you'll have, like where it's like, oh my God, just the littlest things. It's so fascinating. Kate, I was going to say, can you tell them about the bedside table thing? I went to your presentation and when you said that, I was like, Whoa, because in my marriage, I was like, oh shit, you had the bedside table. We didn't have to. I was the only one with the bedside table. And he always was like, we should get two. And I was like, why the fuck would we need two? Like, there's it's better for us to have more space on that side. So you need to explain this to our audience. Wow. Is that like Wait. a light bulb <laughs> in your presentation for me? And she's so did- attention too. She's like, girl, tell me about your bedside tables. I'm like but also, I want you to know, Raya, one of the other teachers at the class, she came out, she was using the bathroom. She's like, whoa. I'm like, what? She's like, there are people crying in there. She's like, there are some serious light bulbs. They're like, it is fucking. And I was like, okay, we're just not, we're not just figuring out where the fuck to put your couch. This is like life altering energy yeah. connected to your space stuff. Anyway, yes, I want to come yeah. back to the bedside table thing because that blew my mind too. Um, and very interesting in connection to my relationship. So, ah, yes. So bedside tables. So when I will work with clients and I will walk into their bedroom, I often see only one bedside table on one side. And most often there's room for two, but you know, What's so crazy is that when you buy a bedroom set, which a lot of people do, it comes with one nightstand. Like you just get one, you get like the bed, the dresser and the nightstand, right? Like that's super typical. And that's just what people do. And what I've noticed and what feng shui teaches us is that when only one person has the bedside table, it is very typical that in that relationship, excuse me, that person is usually the dominant overbearing one in the relationship. (laughs) Um, and I see it like, it's so funny because like, I'll notice it when I meet people and then I'll go in their bedroom and I'm like, Oh, I was like, Oh, whose side of the bed, you know, which side of the bed do you guys sleep on? You know? And they're like, Oh, I sleep on this side. And I'm like, "Mm, of course you do. I see this, you know, it's so funny. And 
So in your bedroom, like not even worrying about the energy map and everything like that. There's so many like basic principles and like simple things that you can use and you can literally start using feng shui like right after you listen to it, right? One is like evaluating your bedroom. And I also meet so many people that don't do anything to their bedroom because they're like, oh, well, nobody sees it but me. And I'm always like, oh, well, like, are you nobody? Or like, you know, you're kind of important, right? Like you should enjoy your bedroom. And um, balance is so, so, so important in every space, but really important in your bedroom. Like this is your bedroom's your most private space, right? It's like also in, in traps, your like most private feelings, your most private thoughts, your most private you, the parts of you that you really don't share with anyone, whether you have a partner or not. And so whether you are in a, in a relationship or you're single or you're single and you want to bring in a relationship, having that balance is so huge. And it was funny. I, you know, had someone that like in our last retreat, I was talking about, okay, you need two matching bedside. And it's not that like, they should be the same bedside table. I will say that as well, because, you know, it's kind of cool to have like slightly different ones. And I'm not saying like, that's an absolute no again, because it would depend on the couple, but I would say, do two of the same and then two of the same lamps like that balance. And I had a girl in the last retreat that was like, Oh my God, my bedside tables are the same, but my lamps aren't. And she had just like, you know, in the last few months, I like, gotten out of a, a long-term relationship and I was like, Oh, and we talked about it. And I was like, so were you guys like pretty opposite? And she's like, yeah, that was basically why we broke up. And I was like, Oh, and then she showed me the lamps and one was like, really kind of glitzy and feminine. And the other one was really hard and masculine. And I was like, Oh, like you guys were just like not meshing together at all. Like you guys couldn't find like a harmony with each other. Right. Like so opposite. There was like no harmony in that. She's like, Oh my God. Yes. That's why we broke up. And then I saw her a few months later and she's like, oh, I got matching bedside lamps and it changed my life. And I was like, Oh wow. Like that's huge but she had started dating someone. And I mean, just that balance is, is so huge. So like, if you only have one bedside table, you know, pay attention. Sometimes your maybe your partner isn't actually necessarily like that wants to be that domineering one, but they're, they have like this energetic connection. You both do have this energetic connection to the room and it's just having one bedside table just like subconsciously creates this, like this hierarchy, like I'm the one that gets the bedside table. And it's so funny, like the way that we react, you know, like, cause everything is energy. And just because it's a table mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's any less energetic than like our dog. I mean, and so, you know, we don't think about it that way, but it's really true. It is true. It's absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. So what if you don't have lamps? So we have, we both have the, my husband created floating shelves. So those oh, cool. are, and Andrew's telling me after being in your class, like they're both evenly spaced, like they're identical. They're both live edge. So there's a little bit of like oh, cool. differences, but generally like it's, okay. it's the same, but neither of us have a lamp. Well, do you, feel that you need a like do you not have lamps because you don't need them yes i would yeah, ask 
we have two sets of lights in our bedroom. So we have like a dimmer on a, like there's a fan switch thing and then we yeah. have pot lights. So there's two sets. So usually when we're going to bed, um, and we don't need like the bright lights on, mm-hmm. it just goes on the dimmer. So it's just like a really soft kind mm-hmm. of light. So to have a lamp is, eh. Yeah, I feel like if that's not necessary for you and you're also like, if you just have like a, a floating like shelf, you know, I would say that you're not probably maximalist type people, right? Where you like need the storage and everything like that. So no, I think that again, like I personally like, like the lamps because I often people's bedrooms are dark. And it's like, you know, you just kind of like in this dark hole and you're like, oh, you know, you need some brightness here. You know, you want to be able to feel like, oh, if I want to lay in bed and hang out, like, you know, you don't have this overhead light, you know, like bearing down on you. So that's usually where I'm like lamps are most often, you know, a nice cure for that. Right. But I don't again, like there is no absolute, like, this is how everything has to be, except like, I do believe that you should have balance. Like if you can only fit one side table, like a big one, like get two smaller ones, or I would even say like, go without them. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially if you have a relationship or you're trying to call in uh, a a better relationship, right. Where you're like, cause you hear so many people say like, Oh, I want like this you know, this like really nice, harmonious, balanced relationship. And I want that perfect significant other, but they're not creating the space for that person to come in. You know, they don't have room in their closet. They don't have another bed, you know? So if you think about, okay, if that person was here right now and they were moving in, we'll say, you know, you kind of jump to that, that thought process of like, well, where would they put their things? Like where, how would they feel comfortable in my space? And when you say that, people are like, oh, well, I don't have any room for them. And on my right side of the bed, like, that's where I throw all my clothes is down there. I have, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, you have to, you have to create a space for the good that you desire, right? Like, no matter what that is. And so that's like, and I stole that from Bob Proctor. That's not my original line. I really wish it was, but it's something he used to say all the time in a couple of his seminars. And I was just like, God, I fucking love that. Have to create a space for the good that you desire. And, um, and yeah. And I think just like that little teeny bit of awareness can make such a big difference. Like just thinking about it that way. Totally. So for the listener, Kate, what would you say are the top, like three to five areas that you see as problem areas and a way that people can kind of like, what would you say is the starting point for somebody who's like, Oh my God, my house is a disaster or like my closets are full. I don't even know where to begin. Right. Because it is, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Especially if this is something that you, you've been doing your whole life essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. And I wouldn't, it's not my parents' fault, but I would say that was a big thing where it was like the house needed to be presentable because people are coming over and you just like shove shit wherever, like behind a closed door, like whatever, which is fine. But I think many of us live that way where, or have lived that way where it's like, let's worry about what other people think or um, that's all that matters. Like your bedroom, don't worry about your bedroom because nobody's going to see it. Well, fuck, I see it. And I'm the most important person here. I sleep there. I spend a lot of frigging time in that bed. 
I do. Mm -hmm. I want it to be clean and clear and serene and peaceful. And so for the listener who's like, oh, my God, I hear everything you're saying. Where in the world do I begin? What would you suggest for them? So my number one place to begin is at your front door. And I don't mean the place that you enter your home the most, right? Because I know that probably a lot of us enter through our garages. I know I do at my house. Your front door. The reason your front door is in your front entrance, like the exterior, the interior, your foyer. The reason that's so important is in feng shui, we believe that that's where vital life force energy finds and enters your home. So I like to think of energy as like a person, right? Like if I'm walking down the street and I'm like, who am I going to visit today? Like what home is catching my eye and going, and I'm like, Ooh, I want to go visit that house. Right? Like what home has a nicely painted door, maybe with a wreath on it, maybe a pot of flowers or something outside. Like what is catching my eye? Maybe there's a wind chime that catches my ear and I hear it like energy is like a person with ADD, right? Where it's like, Oh, shiny thing. What is that? I'm going to go look at that. Like that's literally how that chi energy like comes into our home and how it flows through our home. And a lot of, a lot of times, like we can catch its attention where we need to catch its attention. And like, we can redirect it if we don't like where it's going. And so that's the biggest thing is if you never use your front door, or you're not, you know, really like maybe your light bulbs burn out and your welcome mat has been out there for a year and a half and it looks disgusting, but you never see it. So you don't think about it. And, you know, your pain on your front door, it's okay, but it's shipping off in a few places. That's really a nice place to start. And it's usually not very personal. It's like a depersonalized somewhat kind of area, right? And sometimes that makes it easier to kind of start there. But it's really important that if you're going to start incorporating this practice into your daily life, we want to make sure that we're bringing new energy in because we can do a lot of stuff within our home. But if we're not replenishing it with new energy, think about how you need to eat to replenish your energy. That's kind of like how opening your front door is considered in feng shui. It's like you're feeding your home, right? So like, even though, you know, we go in and out through our garage, a lot of people do. I try and open up. I mean, now that it's warm out, I have my front door open all the time. And when I do it, I think, okay, I'm inviting all this awesome new energy into my home. In the winter time, though, I will make sure that like several times a week, I open up the door for a couple minutes. Maybe I take the dog for a walk out that way or like, you know, I do something just to like let that in, even if it's for a minute or so when it's like cold and nasty out here. But so that's something that you can do that's really important. You know, throw a wreath on your front door. A wind chime at your front door is amazing. Wind chimes are, are um, great things for um, calling in chi. We use them a lot in feng shui in different areas, but that's probably my favorite area to use them in. Um, what you're saying right now, Kate, makes me think of the face. So a lot of the energy work and I work with life force energy. That's what Reiki is, mm -hmm. um, but is with the body. So all the things that you're saying, like the, the front door is the face of your home. You don't actually see it unless you look in a mirror, right? So I go out into the world 
So you can go, well, why do, why would I put on mascara? Why would I put on lipstick? Why would I, right? And even the wind chimes, I'm like, look at like, just like that dangly, that like, right? And so that's that invitation. Or, and I'm not saying that you need to wear, anybody needs to wear makeup or you need to be dolled up, but it's what you present to the world. Exactly. Even though you can't see it, right? Like your own face. You think about it, when you're not looking at a mirror, you're not looking at a camera or a screen, you can't actually see your own face. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about the feeding of the energy, I'm like, the mouth, right? Like it's just... Yeah, it's known as the mouth of chi. Your front door, we call the mouth of chi. Like that's literally what it's called. And it's literally in in Chinese culture. It is known as that space is literally your reflection of yourself to the world, to your neighbors, to everyone that passed. Like it's literally the same. Like that was why I took my Reiki attunements last year. Like not because I wanted to practice Reiki, but I wanted to understand energy in this different way. Because it's working through the body and okay, well, feng shui is the practice of how myself is reflected in my home. Like they're, they're completely interrelated and it's so fascinating. And so that's like, it's lit. Yeah. It's literally called the mouth of cheese. So you're like, you're right on. I love it. Okay. So your front door, if you're like, mm-hmm. where do I begin? Your front door would be a really good place to start. Really great place to start. Okay. Second. So I go back, I go back and forth between your bedroom and the center of your home. If you have no idea how to use the home energy map, again, you can download one on my website or if you, you know, you can Google it, find whoever's every practitioner's is usually a little different um, on how we kind of like lay it out. But the center of your home is always going to be the center. You know, it's not really changing. It's always the middle. So the center is like, it's like how all of these other areas in our life come together to create us. So I look at the center, I call it the center of wellness. And I think that that has to deal with your mental, physical, and spiritual body. Like if I, you know, I've got all this other shit balanced and going on, all three of those things should be like balanced and good in me. And what I find is when you're kind of overwhelmed and you like don't know where to start and you're like not sure if you have the energy to tackle this kind of stuff on your own, a lot of times starting in the center and like, getting that centered, like cleaned out and cleared out, just like almost reverberates that energy out. And it helps to like, somehow it's like you find that energy of like, Oh, I'm going to move on to this closet or I'm going to move on to the next room. Like, and it just will a lot of times help you kind of like get into other spaces. It's almost like it's like clears up that blockages and it's like, it opens And then it just like feeds everything else. So I think the center is really important, but I also think that your bedroom is super, super, super important because again, it's your most private space. It's the most like personally, deeply related to you in this different way. Um, And a lot of times it's really, um, it's that really great space. Like if you're just playing with the energy map or you're new to feng shui, Focusing on one room really kind of helps get you started. And you can just like in your bedroom, like one drawer at a time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like, I go in and I rip apart my bedroom and every closet, every drawer and under my bed and everything like that. You can go one drawer at a time. So, you know, like 
okay, I'm going to take the next, even if it's 14 days, right? Two weeks, but every day I'm going to do something. Mm -hmm. Start with a drawer and then another drawer. And then maybe you get to under your bed. I would love to see absolutely nothing under the bed because all of that stuff has energy. And where does it go? It travels. And when you are sleeping in the bed, that energy travels up to you. So, you know, storing things under the bed, unless it's absolutely necessary, I don't recommend that, but sometimes it is necessary. And then again, you should be aware of that. So I think that's a really good place to start. And then maybe I should have even, I feel like sometimes the front door is super important. And sometimes I'm like, God, what is the most important? I think the last thing I would say, and, and maybe I should have put this first, I don't know is you need to get in touch with your two eyes. And I say eyes because that's how you are viewing the environment that you live in. But what I also mean is your intuition and your intention, because those are really the two biggest things that are a part of your home wellness or your feng shui journey are using those two things. Anything that I have said, use it as a guide. There is no absolute if you hear something that I say and it doesn't resonate with you, but something else pops in your head and it really resonates with you, trust your intuition. Like that's what's most important. Your intuition will tell you where things want to live in your home. Like I move my pictures and art, like so many things around all the time, not one to change energy, but two, I rarely put it in the space that like it wants to live the first time almost never do I do that. And I do this for a living and like, and, you know, worked with people professionally, like decorating their homes for years. And like, I rarely in my own home put something where it lives the first time I hang it up. I almost move something three, four five times before I'm like, ah, that's where you want to live. And it's like, and you'll know too, right? Like when you put something down and it's the right place, it's like this like aha moment where you're like, yes, that's yes. where you're supposed to be. So it doesn't matter what's on trend or what Susie has in her house or anything like that. You should live with what you love and let your intuition guide you on where it should be because it will tell you. And then secondly, you're using your intention. When you put something in your home, it should have intention behind it. It shouldn't just be like, well, I have this because it fills a space or because so-and-so bought it for me and I hate it, but I can't get rid of it because my mother-in-law bought it for me. Your mother-in-law does not live in your space. Why are you giving that space away to her? You know, that your space is about you. And um, I know I, people are always like, well, what if they come in? And they were like, where's that thing? And I'm like, how? And I know there are some people like this, but how many people do you know will literally look around your whole entire house trying to find that one thing that they gave you? Almost no one will do that. I mean, like some crazy people will, but then it's like questionable of like, why are you letting this person into your space in the first place when like, you know? Yeah. And if it's your mother-in-law or your father-in-law or somebody in your family, you have to learn to be like, listen, this is my space. I so appreciate that you thought of me. I, you know, I just, I don't have the right space for it or, or whatever. And those are, but that right there tells you there's a boundary issue. Exactly. You need something in your home that you hate because 
somebody might stop in and be offended, offend them, right? Like I had a client, exactly. we were talking about incense. Uh, my house, I often have music playing. I often, again, it comes back to that sanctuary thing. Mm-hmm. Incense is going. And I I asked her, I said, do you like incense? She's like, yes. She's like, but some people don't. Like, what if somebody comes over and they don't like incense? I'm like, they'll fucking leave? Like, Or they'll tell you, hey. Right? Yeah, and you'll be like, oh, okay. But again, that comes back to like that boundary thing of like, that should indicate to you if you're willing to have something in your space that you don't want and somebody in your space that you don't want and you can't tell them, mm-hmm. there's more to the, the issue of just like, well, I don't like this thing, but it's in my space. No, it comes back to that emotional component piece of like, you got boundary issues, baby. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. No, it's so true. It, it definitely so yeah, I don't know if I would put, I feel like your intuition and your using your two eyes is, is huge. I feel like it's like, once I get going, I'm like, Oh, but then there's this and then mm. there's that, but I'm going to, I'm going to stop it there to not overwhelm everyone. <laughs> oh, girl. Awesome. Um, and what are you, where, where are you at here, girl? I feel like you've just been like soaking it all up. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, you have so many insights. Um, in the information that you shared. The other thing that you shared in your presentation that I thought was really revealing or a good tip for people was you said to put your nicest artwork by the front door and like just to be mindful of that. Can you explain to people why putting your nicest artwork right by the front door (laughs) is something that you advocate for? Yeah. So again, that's kind of like an older kind of like Chinese um, that's taken like from the actual like original practice where they believe that, you know, you should have your nicest artwork or your most expensive artwork at your front door. And again, that goes back to Ashley, what we were talking about, how your entry is like your reflection upon the world. And so it's not to be egotistic or vain or something like that, but it's like when someone presents themselves in your space, you want to present this best version of yourself. And so it's literally just a symbol of like, I'm putting your, or, you know, maybe it's not your nicest, but it's one of your favorites, you know, or something like that. It should be a piece that you really cherish and means a lot to you. And when you look at it, it makes you feel really good because again, that's what you're presenting to people when they come over. So when someone walks into your space for the first time, just like when you are meeting someone for the first time, how are you presenting yourself to them and hanging that, like, you know, your favorite or your nicest piece of artwork near your entry is one way that you can do that with your home. Mm, Kate, that's, I love it. But Ashley, you need to tell them what's by your front door because when she said that thing, it made me think of what's at your front door and I'm like, how special. So why don't you tell our audience and tell Kate what you have by your front door? So you just blow my mind. So our front door, so we built our house four years ago and we Mm -hmm. moved in here with all our shit from our old place. And it probably stayed in the basement for like a year a year and a half before we like actually tackled some of it. And so, but I was very, I was intentional. I was like, I am not, if I don't love it, it's not going on my walls. My walls will literally stay bare. And they did for two years. Everybody's like, your house is so like, 
empty. I'm like, I know it's good, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, but like you got nothing on your walls. I'm like, unless like I'm not going to Walmart just to get like a flowery fucking painting canvas because it's cute. I'm not doing like I'm not. Mm -hmm. A lot of our stuff just didn't have a space in our new home. Um, It could have, but I was like, no, if, if I don't love you, you are not coming into my house. But right now, so our, our front entryway was just like a big open white space. And we have um, my dad and my mom for Christmas two years ago made us a live edge bench um, for that area. This year, my husband for Christmas or my birthday or something, um, it matches our mantle, but it's like an old barn beam. It's got like the big hooks um, that are mm-hmm. iron. And I have like balanced um, on both sides, but right in the center. So prior to any of those things being there, the thing that was just there was it's a, it's a three foot canvas by like a foot. So it's like three feet long. And then it's the thing I make my vision boards on, but I had an extra one. So my son Felix created our family. And he put the Grant family and it's all of us and like our stick figures and like he's got the bees on there. He's got Briar, our dog, and that's been and always is before any of those other things were there. It was just that it was literally just that canvas. Um, and that is the most prized piece of artwork that I have in my home at all. And it's like my favorite piece. It is like it is. But interestingly enough, in addition to this, like my, okay. So, and when you said that, I was like, oh my God, (laughs) because so we came home from the retreat and Patricia, she's an artist who was there, Patricia Bowers, phenomenal. She's a healer. She's an artist. She just, she's amazing, amazing. And has blown my mind. Every time I talk to her, every time I hug her, I'm just like, Anyway, she gave me a piece of her art and I came home and I have moved it three times, but it's sitting on that mantle. I'm like, I don't know where you're going yet. I am going to frame you, but she is sitting. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, my two best pieces of art. I want to like go take a picture of you for you, for you guys. But like, it's, it's up there. And it is, that is something that, um, is so special to me. I will spend probably $350 framing it just because mm-hmm. it is so special to me. Right. So I just think like, interesting. Right. That, like, but yeah, that's, so I'm, but I'm glad you said that because our garage door entrance where we come in is mm-hmm. right now, like Ooh. that space drives me crazy and I don't know what to do with it yet, but it like, Use your intuition. I think it's really important. So like we come in through our garage too, and it's just like, we come in and there's just like a little, you know, a floor and you can go down to our basement or up a few flights of stairs and then into our kitchen. Yeah. It's just this landing and like this hallway. So one, I hate that it goes directly down to the basement because that's like a lot of energy that just flows through that space. And then it just goes down. Our basement isn't finished yet. And it's like semi finished. Like it's not like a dungeon basement, but it's not like nice yet either. And so it's just like this hole of darkness. And I really want to like hang curtains or something up there. And Mike's like, no, it'll look like a hippie dungeon down there where no curtains, you know? And I'm like, okay, fine. So I'm like, okay, so how do I keep my like 
attention up here. Like when I come in, I don't want to, I don't want my attention to go down the stairs. So I have these actually, they're like these two big pieces of artwork. And I actually made them from, um, these big gold like target frames and a target shower curtain that has like birds and flowers all over it. I actually really love it, but, but they're two big pieces. And so it's like, if I used one, it would be perfectly centered on the wall, but because I have the two, it kind of like where you would, your attention would start to go down the stairs. It like brings your attention back up and kind of keeps it up here And so like, that was really important to me. And then one thing, one last thing that I'll share, because this is something that like I started doing and I really love, um, is creating like a home transition altar. And I have it on this little table, um, before like in our garage, before you walk inside, because there's not a place to do it once you walk inside, Mm -hmm. but I have like some sage, I have Oracle cards, I have a spray and an oil so that like, if we come home and we're not in a good space energetically, we can just take a moment to like clear ourselves off and kind of like get that energy off of us. And a lot of times I've noticed, I don't even use it, but because it's there, I think about it and And I'm like, Oh, okay. That intention. Exactly. No, this stays outside. I don't need it. This is my space. Peace. Mm-hmm. Love. That's where we go. Yeah. I love that. So many things that we are going to implement. We'll have to send her some pictures, eh, Ashley? And I know. these things going. I, uh, I'm super excited, girl. For me, it's my office. Is like we. I was mm-hmm. in your class, and I was like, I never work in my office. I was at my like working with people that I work with in business today, and one of them was like, "You have an office? I've never seen you in your office." I'm like, "Yeah, I have an office that I never work out of." Blah 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 blah. Um, but like for me, it's turning my office space into a place where I actually want to work in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. do that so i will send you some pictures when i'm all done implementing please do and if you have any questions just you know let me know well you know what that says to me Ange, and kate because you're here i want you to analyze this you know what that says to me is you don't and this is your gift you don't want to work inside the box that's not where your genius is your genius is outside the box mm. so to like have this like perfect little box of where i'm supposed to work like it's never where you've worked that's never where your genius shows up yeah your genius is outside of that box yeah maybe that's it but yet I always work at the island upstairs and I've always said like I know that my office needs to be where the boys room is right now but I also don't want to shove them in the basement yet because I feel Mm. like putting them in the basement doesn't make a lot of sense right now but I know that I can't the reason the key reason why I really struggle to work downstairs is because there's not enough natural light the like tiny little basement window I know that energetically doesn't do it for me do you have a mirror down there add a mirror I do have a mirror down I put a mirror down there and I was like oh yeah but I think it's it's got a very like masculine tape like the desk is very masculine Mm-hmm. It needs more warmth. It needs incense and crystals and can more you like this? Yeah. Can you like work with what you have right now? And like, does the desk have drawers? Like, do you need in the drawers or can you like put kind of like a flowy tablecloth on it? That's like kind of fun and like maybe have a little corner. Like one thing that I have, this used to be my desk, right? This room actually used to be our 
spare bedroom because we, I had my desk in our den and then there's two huge windows and there was so much energy in there that like I couldn't work. So then it moved to like just my desk in the corner and we had a full spare bedroom in here. And then I was like, people stay with us like two times a year. Like we can just bring the bed up. And so now I moved, I literally work at my old dining room table because like I, it's an antique and I love it. And like, this is my old desk, but I have like, like just random stuff that I love. Like I have this whole like bowl of like crystals that I keep, like, like, can you do something like that where you like zhuzh it up? I can zhuzh it up. I still don't think I will work there all of the time. Cause like Ashley says, like, I'm like, I like to work out on the back deck and get my suntan on at the same time. And like, sometimes like want to work at a coffee shop. Like, so I think I will do that, but I do think we could be making better use of that particular, like that particular space, especially, especially for filming. And a, you guys see it. Like I'm filming in a closet right now. We need it like a podcast room where we can make legit videos. And I'm like, the office could be that space. We just need to like a jazz it up so that when we're in there, it's not this like, yeah, it's not like this. I don't know. Uninspiring yeah. space, but I yeah, do, you just need to. Just need, yeah. And then move around. Cause I have to move around too. Like when I'm like in here all day, I'm like, Oh, like I have to go like sit at my dining room table or now I can sit outside at the table. Like I like to, to kind of move around too. I hate being in, in one thing, place. I can't, I can't be in my creative space. I can if I must, but the bunkie isn't where I do my like creative or my content stuff, but you're, I'm drawing mm-hmm. different energy for that. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm working on clients. I'm literally, I'm basically not here. I'm just like, Ooh, it's amazing. <laughs> but as soon as I need to like create course content, I can't be just like, <laughs> exactly. Right. But I need to like sit, I need to focus. I need to like be in that intuitive space. So it, I think too, sometimes depending on the energy you're calling in or requiring requires you go to those spaces. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Um, now I'm just wondering, Kate, for somebody that's listening that wants to connect with you, how would they do that? Yeah. So, um, I would say social media wise, I'm probably most active on TikTok, or at least you can find a lot of my content, the majority of my content on TikTok. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram. Those are both just feng shui.kate. And then if you want to connect with me more, um, check out the resources I have on my website, or you want to talk about working one-on-one with me, you can just go to feng shui-kate.com and everything like that is there. Perfect. Love it. And I'm just excited, Kate. Like, I feel like there's a lot of room for us to collaborate in different ways moving forward. So definitely on behalf of Ashley and I, we're just so excited that the universe is like, okay, you guys are going to intersect and then you're going to do some really cool shit together to help people with their lives. So I'm just really excited for all that will unfold in the years to come. So thank you. Amazing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I enjoyed it so much. Uh, Guys, if you're looking to transform your space, get a hold of Kate because she will like your, my mind is blown. I'm just (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because it's like these simple things, but you just have never thought about them, right? And mm-hmm. so we just, we really appreciate you just giving us all these light bulbs. And um, 
other than that, guys, we will see you guys next Thursday. As always, we love you lots. Thanks for joining us. And if you think that there is somebody that could benefit from today's episode, we invite you guys to share it. And uh, see you next week. Bye for now. I Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>